0: And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to Fed Reacts. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, Today we're going to be covering... (laughs) I lost my voice from yesterday. Guys, today we're going to be covering the Trump and Diamond out of Georgia. Let's get into it, my friends. we got a lot to talk about. Special Agent with Homeland Security Investigations, okay guys, HSI. This is what Fed reacts covers. Defender Jeffrey Williams and associate YSL did commit the felony. So here's what 6ix9ine actually got. This attack shifted the whole U.S. government. This guy got arrested for espionage, okay, trading secrets with the Russians. John Wayne Gacy, AKA the Killer Clown, okay, one of the most prolific serial killers of all time, killed 33 people. Zodiac Killer is a pseudonym of an unidentified serial killer who operated in Northern California. All these serial killers, guys, they really get off on getting attention from the media. Many years, Jeffrey Epstein sex exploited and abused dozens of minor girls at his home. It was OJ working together to get Nicole killed. We're going to go over his past, the gang time, so that this all makes sense. All right, and we are back. What's up, guys? Welcome to Fed Reacts, man. Today, we got a pretty important episode, something i kind of been looking forward to uh, talking to you guys about anyway, because... This is really important stuff. What we're going to discuss today as far as Trump's indictment Um, real quick. I see. I got a chat here. Um, We got here. Zay works goes. uh, Why was yesterday? Chris appreciation. What'd he do? <laughs> well, we were just trolling. I mean, we wanted, uh, we wanted to put Chris on a panel and surprise him and see how he, uh, how he would do. Uh, but now it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Of course he uh drank the Henny like he normally does. And it is what it is. <clears throat> so, Yeah, it was entertaining. Very funny. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Okay, I don't think there's anything else. But yeah, guys. um, Yeah, a little bit different today. We're doing a live stream on a Saturday uh, on a Thursday. We normally don't do this. We normally do the live streams on Sundays and do a pre-recorded video. Um, I'm going to have to, I guess, be more selective on which videos I pick to uh, react to as far as like um, documentaries and stuff like that, because sometimes... You might get hit with content IDs and all this other YouTube jargon that you guys don't need to know about. But, yeah, so I might live stream on Thursdays uh, a little bit more now frequently uh, versus reacting to documentaries. But uh, we'll see how that goes and uh, depending on what news comes comes out and what we can do. Um, so, oh, you guys said the hair transplant's working. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, the hair's uh, coming back, guys. Coming back slowly but surely. I probably got to wolf another week and a half or so and just keep brushing and then this thing will probably it'll you know the stuff will start connecting you know what i mean Uh, i've had waves before it just takes forever so it's just a pain i feel like i'm back in 2007 but anyway without for uh angie introduce yourself to the (laughs) people
1: uh angie hi people it's me again um yeah today we're gonna do trump this is gonna be interesting myron was explaining me a lot before we we started the stream well way before and yeah you're gonna have a lot of content today you're gonna learn a lot Linky's he's gonna get like very explanatory so i hope it's like a good stream for you guys what happened to the columbine shooting can you explain to them
0: uh yeah so guys i filmed the columbine shooting but youtube took it down yep. so you gotta love that yep it happened
1: again it happened with the Menendez
0: brothers Menendez brothers too i filmed that they took that down yeah so yeah so don't worry guys i'm working right now on something where i will get because i got like three or four episodes that you guys have never even seen i also got like a russian spy episode that i that i um did that youtube took down as well so don't worry guys i'm gonna find a way i'll probably i'll probably make a rumble for fed reacts so that y'all can go ahead and watch it over there so uh coming soon i actually was uh gonna talk to the ceo today so um i'm going to chat with him and figure out a way to bring fed reacts over so shout out to rumble shout out to chris shout out to everybody over there because rumble really is the future man um but anyway without further ado let's kind of get right into it okay um and we're going to kind of go over a couple of things you know who's so here's kind of the outline for today right uh we're going to go over who is trump who's the da that's prosecuting him um what is an indictment uh through a grand jury versus uh you know, a jury trial, two different things which people tend to confuse. Um, we're also gonna talk about uh, Trump's rendering, uh, what is Rico? who are the defendants? Read through the indictment. I actually have the document here. um and then uh, we're gonna talk about you know what comes after this and um yeah, some
1: questions too
0: a- and then answer questions at the end. So this is gonna be I predict the stream will be around an hour, maybe, Uh so yeah. Let's go ahead and get right into it man. Anything you want to say to the people before I get into this um No, Angie?
1: I didn't bring the list. Uh I don't have my notebook with me. But you guys keep requesting I'm going to make uh, another uh question box probably today or tomorrow. So you guys keep like dropping your cases. Unfortunately, we won't be able to cover uh the Melendez brothers or the Columbine shooting anymore because yeah, we got hit with that with that thing. Like we well, did it already the it, it, We're
0: going to post it. Don't worry. We're going to find a way to get it to get it to you guys. Okay. Um it's just a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Also, my Osama bin Laden video, they took that down too. So, <laughs> yeah, I got like three, like at least at least four videos that I can recall right now at the top of my head that got taken down. So, four or five. So, don't worry, we'll get those out to y'all. Um, all right. <clears throat> so, uh, first, let's start with who is Donald Trump? So, unless you guys have been living under a rock... Uh, Donald Trump is an American politician, media personality, and businessman who served as the 45th president of the United States from 2017 to 2021. Trump graduated from the University of Pennsylvania with a bachelor's degree in economics in 1968. Uh, UPenn is an Ivy League school, so uh, obviously Trump is a pretty smart guy. He became president of his father's real estate business in 1971 and renamed the Trump Organization. He expanded its operations to a building and renovating skyscrapers, hotels, casinos, and golf courses, and later started side ventures mostly by licensing his name. From 2004 to 2015, he co-produced and hosted the reality television series, The Apprentice. He and his businesses have been plaintiff or defendant in more than 4,000 state and federal legal actions, including six business bankruptcies. So, um, yeah, no stranger to he's definitely no stranger to uh, criticism. uh, Very polarizing guy. You know, Donald Trump is one of those guys. You either love him or you hate him. Um, I ain't going to lie. You know, I told you guys before I like Trump a lot. Um, people talk a lot of smack and, you know, people hate him, but I think he did a good job when he was in office. People can hate as much as they want, but, um, the economy was definitely in a better place when he was in. Um, so we're going to go ahead and uh, watch this video. This kind of gives you guys a quick little overview of what's going on. And we'll watch a few more news articles then actually go through the indictment itself. So, uh, let's go ahead and play it.
2: Our worlds revolve oh, around food, That's, but sorry, food guys. impacts
3: our world Lame. on the low carbon diet. All right. All right, Faye, thank you. The Fulton County RICO indictment now is a big one, and 11 Alive has been pouring over the details since it dropped just before nine o'clock last night.
4: At five, you might recall, we broke down the key parts against former President Donald Trump. Investigative reporter Zach Merchant is back now with what you need to know about some of the other co-defendants here.
5: You're right. Attorneys we have talked to over the last 24 hours say that the scope and the breadth of this indictment is one of its defining features. Former President Donald Trump is the highest profile defendant named in the indictment.
0: And there it is right there with all the different defendants. You got Donald J. John Trump, uh, Rudolph William Giuliani, which is crazy to me. We're going to talk about Giuliani uh, specifically as well, guys. Uh, John Charles Eastman, Mark Randall Meadows. Kenneth John Cheesebro or Chesbro, Jeffrey um, Sir Clark, and then another like ten plus people, crazy.
5: But he is far from alone.
6: A Fulton County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment, charging 19—
0: Okay, so pause it real quick here. <laughs> she said, "A if you listen, right?" And we'll rewind that one more time.
6: Turned a true bill. But he is far from alone. A Fulton County grand jury.
0: OK, a Fulton County grand jury
6: returned a true bill of indictment,
0: returned a true bill of indictment. Let's let's break that down, um, because I think for um, a lot of people get confused between what a grand jury is versus what a trial jury is. OK, I'm going to explain the difference right now for you guys. So get your notebooks out. All right. So a jury trial is a, tri- a jury composed of your peers that you know, listen to the evidence, etc., and then come deliberate, and then come to a conclusion as to whether you're guilty or not. But their standard of proof is beyond a reasonable doubt. A grand jury is a group of your peers that convene and listen to cases and indict you, aka formally charge you in the United States under um, under probable cause as a standard. So you have in one situation probable cause, which is down here, okay? Then you have beyond a reasonable doubt, which is right here. Here. This is a grand jury, probable cause. Here, you got a jury trial, which is beyond a reasonable doubt. The threshold for reasonable doubt is way higher than probable cause. Now, when you talk about a grand jury and you talk about getting indicted, et cetera, this is the way it works, okay? Whether it's the federal system or the state system. The grand jury convenes is somewhere between 10 to 30 people, right, of regular citizens. And what they do is they'll spend a the day listening to cases all day. Right. This they typically hold a grand jury once or once or twice a week, depending on the jurisdiction, how busy the caseload is, et etc. But typically it's once every one to two weeks they held a grand jury and everyone that has a case that they're trying to get indicted and charged. Right. They go. The 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 investigator and the prosecutor that's aligned with them go to the grand jury and present their case after they present their case, the investigator walks out. Along with the AUSA and the grand jury deliberates, if they think that there's probable cause, they will return what's called a true bill of indictment, which is what um, Fannie Willis here was was saying. Okay, and what that will do is that's going to generate an arrest warrant for the individual that was indicted from the true bill. Okay, so um, and just and just to recap it, (laughs) (laughs) investigator and prosecutor walk in investigator and prosecutor present their case to the grand jury. Grand jury hears the case. Investigator and prosecutor leave the room. Grand jury deliberates. Grand jury returns either a true bill of indictment or they decide not to indict. And if the true bill of indictment is actually pushed forward, uh, that gets signed by the clerk, etc. And then what ends up happening is the judge over it sends uh, gets uh, issues arrest warrants for all the individuals that a true bill of indictment was returned on. But remember, The threshold is simply probable cause, guys, okay? And probable cause is the American standard for which someone will be arrested, okay? Now, you might be wondering, but wait, hold on, Myron. I got arrested on the side of the road. Like, I didn't get indicted. What are you talking about? I got arrested before. So it's very important to to delineate, guys, that a probable cause arrest is not the same as being indicted. However, they both have the same threshold of probable cause. I'll explain. Scenario one. Someone gets arrested on the side of the road for getting caught with a brick of cocaine, right? Or for, uh, you know, maybe maybe a police officer or a witness saw them punch somebody, or you got arrested for domestic violence, et cetera. Wait, hold on. A grand jury didn't convene and indict me. I just slapped my wife yesterday, right? Like, what the hell? No. So the way it goes is this. I'm kidding, guys. The way it goes is this. When you're arrested on the spot through a what's called a probable cause arrest, what ends up happening is... The, investig- the, the law enforcement official arrests you, puts you in jail, goes back to the office and files something called a criminal complaint, okay? I've read hundreds of these, and we've actually read a bunch of them on this podcast, right? And a criminal complaint, guys, think of it as a Band-Aid, right, in the justice system that will kind of get the judicial process started, right, to buy the investigator and the prosecutor time to indict you. Okay, so you so let's say the police officer makes a probable cause arrest on you after they find you with a brick of cocaine. Right. They drop you in the jail. They go back to the office. They call the prosecutor. Hey, I caught this guy with such and such. Uh, Are you guys going to prosecute? Yeah, we're going to prosecute. Cool. Uh, Type up your reports and type up your criminal complaint. Boom. They type up their police reports, which, you know, go to the agency. And then they also type on their criminal complaint, which goes to the court. They file that criminal complaint ASAP, typically within 24 hours. Once they file it that will get them an arrest warrant and that will hold you over right for a week or two. Every jurisdiction is different. When I was in the feds, it was about 14 days. So if I made a probable cause arrest, right, we call someone at the border trying to smuggle drugs in or trying to smuggle legal aliens in or in their guns or whatever, I would arrest them, file a criminal complaint, which outlines all my probable cause that I get an arrest warrant for the individual. We, uh, he, he sits in jail for about a week or two and I have two weeks to indict him almost two weeks. Right, I go to the grand jury, I present my case. Now the case is officially uh, indicted and the person's been formally charged. So the point is this. If you file a criminal complaint, the person still needs to be indicted. But if the person is indicted, you don't need to file a criminal complaint. Okay? Give me once in the chat if that made sense with how a probable cause arrest works, how an indictment works, and the difference between a grand jury that files indictments versus a jury trial that a, a, jur- a grand um excuse me a trial jury that go uh, goes off of uh beyond a reasonable doubt lists the cases give me ones in the chat if it's if you don't type a 2 and tell me what's confusing and i'm going to look at the chat here cuz i really want y'all to understand this is really important stuff no
2: it's mostly ones all right
0: yeah uh, I, I i um i really like um making sure that people know this stuff because most most people don't know you know they don't know the difference between a grand jury and a jury trial
2: mm-hmm.
0: all right cool. well i
1: do have some questions uh, are you going to explain what january six means
0: yeah i'll cover what happened on january 6th as well all right um but, okay, I don't see any twos. I think this is, that's a Don DeMarco. I, I think this is the first time missed, oh, I haven't, I saw twos. Someone messed two up. twos. <laughs> yeah, man, never mind. I spoke too soon. Um, does defense get to voir, voir dire? Yeah, they do, of course. Of course. And guys, um voir dire, someone asked that. Um, that's for a trial, guys. But, um, but oh, I get what you're saying. There's no voir dire in, in the grand jury process. The grand jury process is considered secret, Right. For obvious reasons, because there's pending investigations being done, that is in the trial when they're picking out the uh, the jury. So it it um so yeah, someone put it to just got here. Then rewind, bro. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let's see. I just
1: chose, uh, I just picked
0: one. Two. Why would they choose to indict? Um, they would choose to indict because they they found that there's probable cause. And remember, guys, probable cause is not beyond a reasonable doubt. There's still more evidence needed for probable cause. The threshold for probable, that's why I was trying to illustrate that with my hands. Probable cause is here, beyond a reasonable doubt is all the way up here. Okay? So, just the, the the burden of proof to indict someone isn't that much. You know, there's a famous phrase that's used in the United States saying you can indict a ham sandwich. That's what it is. So, um, let's see here. I think... Any other twos, Angie, that you saw or questions?
1: Yeah, but uh they just want you uh, to uh, explain
0: yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they okay. All right, cool. They they just didn't hear it. All right, so because people are filing in now, we're almost at 1,000 live viewers. Guys, do me a favor, by the way. Can you please like the video? Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Um, i hit the chats real fast. Wants LDA, still know YSL prosecution, but a new Rico case case, WTF. Well, they are prosecuting YSL. And that funny story, guys. The prosecutor that's charging Young Thug is the same exact prosecutor that's going after Donald Trump. So uh, if that doesn't show you, I mean, Young Thug is, if they went after the president, former president of the United States, then Young Thug is probably not in a good spot. Uh, Top gear, it, 149. Uh,
1: it's the the, the prosecutor that's that's had like won all the RICO cases?
0: No, 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 but it's her office.
1: Oh,
2: okay. So okay.
0: Fannie Willis, guys, is, so, okay, let me explain this too. Fannie Willis is the district attorney For that county, which means she is the top attorney in that county. However, she does not actually prosecute cases herself. She doesn't go to the courtroom and litigate and everything else like that. No, she has a bunch of attorneys underneath her called assistant district attorneys that prosecute the case. It's just that it's her office that files all the criminal cases. So she's the face for the DA's office. Okay, it's a political position, guys.
1: Yeah, she's a district attorney. Yeah,
0: so it's, it's a political position. Um, if they actually stop Trump from running, we the people ain't gonna do ish. The Constitution was not created for folks to be this soft. <laughs> all right, um, and I think he's alluding to January sixth. That's
1: but- Simon
0: Yeah, Yvette Simonis in the house. How's it you, bro? Um, all right, let's uh, keep watching this thing. But I, um, I'm glad that that makes sense for you guys now. You you know what a true bill of indictment is. Get the better drive gotcha. and better deals with Volkswagen. Sorry, guys. Like Pass, is Just being lame as usual. We're going to skip this thing as soon as it gives me the chance. Let's see here. These ads are brutal. All right, I'm going to just play it, play the whole thing through. I'm going to try not to stop it.
3: All right, Faye, thank you. The Fulton County RICO indictment now is a big one, and 11 Alive has been pouring over the details since it dropped just before 9 o'clock last night.
4: At 5, you might recall, we broke down the key parts against former President Donald Trump. Investigative reporter Zach Merchant is back now with what you need to know about some of the other co-defendants here.
5: You're right. Attorneys we have talked to over the last 24 hours say that the scope and the breadth of this indictment is one of its defining features. Former President Donald Trump is the highest profile defendant named in the indictment, but he is far from alone. A Fulton County grand jury returned.
0: There she is. That's Fannie Willis, guys. That, that is the district attorney for um, Fulton County. And also keep in mind, guys, this woman, uh, you, if you guys watch my podcast, you guys know and probably recognize her. She's the same person that brought those YSL charges. And she also did a press conference just like this.
6: Earned a true bill of indictment, charging 19 individuals with violations of Georgia law.
5: Other prominent defendants named in the indictment include former white.
0: Oh, look at all those people, all people um, that were basically Trump aides here. Okay, everyone here is pretty much a politician.
1: They're being all charged uh, for Rico (laughs) to include
0: Rudy Giuliani, which we're going to talk about Rudy Giuliani uh, a bit as well in this podcast, because I'm very familiar with him. And this is probably one of the craziest things I've ever seen as far as like someone like Rudy Giuliani getting charged. You guys are going to see here why it's crazy.
5: House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Emory Law School Professor John Acevato says it's about more than those who were charged.
3: These are going to be the major political figures of the day coming through the city uh, to testify to be defendants.
5: Meadows faces two charges, including one count of solicitation of violation of oath by a public officer in connection to his participation on a now-famous January 2021 phone call between then-President Donald Trump and Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensburg.
0: Okay, so this is a phone call between these two individuals. Um, this is going to be a big part of their case, guys, which you guys are about to hear now. Um, so uh, pay attention.
7: Look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780...
0: Yeah, well, one more that we have other. L- oh, <sighs> man, you already know. And, and you guys are probably wondering, what? Well, how'd they get that recording? More than likely, uh, that governor probably secretly recorded it, man. A.K.A. Less
5: prominent figures are also among the 19 named defendants, including Scott Hall. A local GOP activist accused of giving Trump
0: Guys um GOP is basically just a fancy it's it's another term for the Republican Party. Uh, I've had people ask me, "Yo, what is the GOP?" It, it's um what what does the acronym stand for? I something the the grand old party or something like that is what I think it stands for, but the GOP is just another way to say the Republican Party.
5: Trump operatives access to a secure location within the Coffee County Elections Office. I'm the guy that chartered the
3: jet to go down to Coffee County to have them inspect all the Yeah, it's of Grand Old computers. Party. I went
0: down- grand Old Party? Yeah. All right.
3: From there, we scanned
5: every freaking ballot. Now, despite being named in this indictment, it is very important to remember. All defendants are presumed innocent at this point. And we just got word moments ago that former Trump chief of staff, Mark Meadows filed a motion to move his case out of Fulton County and
0: into federal court. Okay. So, um, so as y'all can see, um, they got charged with Rico. Now you guys are probably wondering, Myron, what the hell is Rico? So, before I get into this, there's two different forms of RICO, guys. There was RIC, There's a federal RIC, RICO laws, and then you got state RICO laws. In this case, I want to really emphasize this is a state RICO investigation, okay? So it's a little bit different than the normal federal one, all right? So Georgia RICO law, right, It's basically a charge under the RICO Act is severe. Um, hold on. Let me enlarge this for y'all so I can see it. Okay. And I like these... Um, these Websites because what well, this is a, law, a lawyer's website, but they explain it very well. So, like, you know, if someone just got charged with something and they don't know what to do, they kind of explain it here in a very easy, concise, matter of fact way for the average person to understand. So, these, um, anytime you don't understand the law, a lot of the time going to the, like a, a lawyer's website will explain it very simply for yeah, you. Yeah,
1: somebody asked that uh, Did didn't Ruddy help Rico. Rico?
0: He, he helped enforce it okay. so. Yeah, he was one of the biggest implementers of it, which is going to, we're going to talk about that. A charge under the RICO Act is a severe crime and does not need to be taken lightly. It can have lasting effects on your life, so it is important to hire an attorney from the very beginning, blah, 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 right? So OCGA 1614.4 outlines four ways a person could be charged of violating the racketeering statute. By directly or indirectly acquiring or maintaining any interest in or control of any enterprise, real property, or personal property through the pattern of racketeering, or The proceeds derived from the activity okay what do they mean by this guys so an enterprise okay this is key because whenever you're charging someone with rico you're charging not just one individual you're charging a group of individuals who are conducting criminal activity for the furtherance and or benefit of a criminal enterprise any rico indictment you look at whether it's a state one or a federal one, is always going to refer to something called as the enterprise, okay, guys? So uh, understand that that's the bottom line, and that is the um, the foundation from which every single RICO case is going to be built, because they need to articulate that not only are crimes being committed, but the crimes are being committed in the furtherance of an organization, okay? So in this case, they, they would say, they, they would consider the enterprise Trump's political party, uh, sorry, uh, tr- the Trump campaign is what they're going to try to insinuate, all right? Two, by directly or indirectly participating in an enterprise through pattern racketeering activity while being employed by or associated with the enterprise. So, um, racketeering activity, guys, can be a multitude of different things. It could be fraud, it could be violent crimes of violence like murder, extortion, um, bribery, uh, you know, um, drug trafficking, okay? intimidating witnesses, it, there's a bunch of different crimes that could be considered racketeering activity. But racketeering activity is simply just a fancy way of saying criminal activity that f- in furtherance of the enterprise or the organization. By conspiring or endeavoring d- to directly or indirectly acquire or maintain any interest or hold of any enterprise, real estate, property, or personal property through a pattern of racketeering activity or the proceeds derived from a pattern of racketeering activity. By conspiring or endeavoring to directly or indirectly participate in an enterprise through a pattern of racketeering activity while being employed by or associated with the enterprise. Okay. RICO is a crime that has federal, uh, that has a federal statute. It's a federal and a Georgia statute. The Georgia statute defines racketeering more broadly than the federal one does. So, what does this mean, guys? So what that means is it gives Georgia more latitude to charge you with RICO. okay? because some of y'all might be wondering, well, hold on, Myron, hold on. Wait one second. Why didn't the feds charge Trump with RICO? Like, isn't RICO on the federal level a lot more um, uh, stiff? Yes. But the federal racketeering laws, guys, are a lot more a lot more strict and difficult to prosecute than the state one does. The state one allows the prosecutor to have more leeway and more latitude in charging someone for more different, uh, for more crimes that could be considered racketeering activity. Okay. In addition, it takes a less approve uh, less to prove a pattern of racketeering activity under the Georgia statute than the federal one. However, the largest difference between the two is that Georgia does not always require an existence of an enterprise to constitute racketeering. So I didn't even know that that's really important guys. Okay. And the federal one, if you look at any federal RICO indictment, there's always going to be an enterprise in there. But Georgia does not necessarily require an enterprise to charge individuals racketeering, right? Because this uh, this Georgia RICO is getting a lot of um, criticism for being too ambitious, right? Which I ain't gonna lie to y'all, it is a little ambitious. This is kind of OD. I think it's gonna, they, they definitely got the work cut out for them proving this in, a, in the court of law beyond a reasonable doubt that Trump is running a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a criminal organization uh, that's conducting a bunch of racketeering activity. They're gonna, they they might have bit off a bit more than they can chew. But according to the Georgia laws, it allows them to charge it. And remember, guys, the reason why you're presumed innocent until proven guilty is because you can indict anybody. You can indict a ham sandwich. Um, And, and at the state level, it's a lot easier. You know, if you get indicted by the feds, okay, that's a problem. You're probably going to lose. But if you get indicted by the state, man, eh, you got a chance. So what is a pattern of racketeering activity? There are many crimes that can be used to show a pattern of unlawful conduct. They predicate crimes that fall under the RICO statute in Georgia to include uh, drug offenses, homicide, bodily injury, arson, burglary, forgery, theft, prostitution, obscene materials, bribery, witness tampering, perjury, evidence tampering, commercial gambling, distilling liquors and alcoholic beverages, firearms violations, security violations, credit card fraud, computer crimes, kidnapping, carjacking, and making terroristic threats. The courts have concluded that a pattern uh, consists of at least two acts of racketeering activity in furtherance of one or more incident schemes or transactions that have the same or similar intent, results, accomplices, victims, or methods of commission, or otherwise are interrelated by distinguishing characteristics and are not isolated incidents. This do not have to occur at the same time, but the court has stated that at least one of the incidents must be within four years of the prior incident of racketeering activity. So, what does this mean, guys? <laughs> this means that. They can daisy chain offenses against you down the road as long as their criminal activity is committed within four years of each other. I'll give you guys an example in this situation. If you guys remember, last year, right, Young Thug got indicted by the same uh, DA's office, right, for RICO. Guys, they've been looking at Young Thug in that case since 2011, way past the statute of limitations, right, or 2012. But and 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 the murder, right, that stimulated this entire case started in, in 2015. So we were way past the statute of limitations on a lot of the different patterns of racketeering and crimes that they use, right? Obviously, murder never has a statute of limitations, but all the other crimes, right? Uh the drug trafficking, the um the drug positions, the farms violations, et cetera, all that stuff had passed its statute of limitations. But the reason why they're able to bring all that evidence in, even though it's past the statute of limitations, is because that crime occurred within four years of a crime prior. So what they're they're able to effectively do, guys, this is why I tell y'all, don't join a gang. Don't do any types of crimes with other people because what ends up happening is if you committed a crime 10 or 15 years ago, right, and you're past the statute of limitations, but you committed another crime that could be constituted as racketeering activity that benefits the organization, they can marry those two crimes together, come back at you later on for that crime through RICO, okay? And even worse... Let's say you get arrested for a crime, right? Because I, I remember this in the Young Thug indictment. One of the defendants in that in that indictment had like a like a car theft charge or something like that, right? Or a drug trafficking charge, like some some minor charge. But it got thrown out. But since he committed another crime, they used that old car charge that got dropped against him to substantiate their RICO claims. So this is how bad this is how bad it could go for some of y'all, man, like like I'm telling you guys don't commit crimes and don't commit crimes under a gang because things that you thought that you beat in the past can come back to haunt you because they're going to string it together and say, oh, well, this was a pattern of racketeering activity. (laughs) And then you get hit with a new charge. So that is the power of the RICO laws, guys. And if we're going to go back a little bit, right, you guys are probably wondering, well, hold on, Myron, how the hell did this law come into place? Like what's going on here? All right. We got to go back to 1970. All right. Back in the 1970s, guys. Well, back in the, in in the well, we got to go all the way back to the prohibition era if we're going to explain this correctly. And I have a whole series on this in the, on the mafia, guys. I did an entire mm-hmm. series on the five crime families, etc. It's on this channel. Feel free to go back and watch it after this um, podcast. But you're probably wondering, like, yo, why these laws are really strict? Like, they can really string together anything. Where did these laws come from? Well, guys, the RICO laws came from the 1970s. Okay,
1: the mafia
0: times. Uh, they were created in the 1970s and but they really had the impetus to be created after the prohibition era in the 1920s, right? So when prohibition came, which was the banning of alcohol in the United States of America, what it ended up happening was it created a flourish of criminal activity in the United States and gave organized crime an opportunity to make a lot of money. So once they banned alcohol everywhere in the country, organized crime, whether it was the Italian mafia, the Jewish mafia, um, and other, other um, criminal organizations, came in and started selling liquor illegally. They started bootlegging, and they made billions of dollars in today's dollars, right, if you account for inflation. From 1920 all the way up into the uh, into the 70s, the U.S. government had no remedy to combat organized crime in the United States. So what ended up happening was they created RICO laws that would be able to attack an organization as a whole or as an enterprise versus charging individuals. Okay? So they made these laws to go after the Italian mafia and um, they actually implemented and successfully did it in the eighties. We're going to talk about that Rudy Giuliani in more detail later on, but that's why the RICO laws were created was to go after the Italian mafia and topple all the power they had because they had a 50 year head start basically on law enforcement because they had built up massive amounts of wealth through prohibition, which allowed them to take that money from prohibition, invest it into other endeavors such as loan sharking, illegal gambling rings, drug trafficking, um, extortion, arson, theft, all this stuff, they were able to take that old money and then boom, go ahead and invest into other criminal endeavors and they couldn't do anything. So like, yo, we got to be able to charge these guys as an organization because Omerta, a.k.a. the Code of Silence, no one's talking, no one wants to cooperate because I just got them on this one charge, but I don't have them on racketeering. So that's why the laws were created. All right, give me Uh, one's in the chat if that makes sense to all you guys and that explanation uh, helps you understand what Rico is, uh, give me one's in the chat. Or twos if you're confused.
1: Uh, do you know what that law stands for? Like prohibition, prohibition one. Prohibition. Yeah, like why did it? Like why did it start?
0: Um, if I'm gonna be honest about it, it's basically uh. Excuse me, a lot of women got together and said, "We're tired of our husbands always being drunk and beating on us." That's really like one of the biggest pushers You're for prohibition. Right now. I swear, to, I swear, that was really what it was. That was no the way. prohibition movement was like um, pushed heavily by uh, by females and and religious people. Okay. But, but women definitely were a very strong contributing factor to the creation of prohibition uh okay
1: misogony yeah okay. yeah misogony
0: uh <laughs> let's see if they're pointing out women in the chat <laughs> yeah because they're saying that alcohol was leading to domestic violence and stuff like that no, so I think
1: that's cool though but i i get i i get the uh yeah, I get what you say because if you see all those uh mafias, uh, mafia movies and the mafia series it explains it all. Like they were all drunk and like doing cocaine back then, so yeah, makes sense a lot.
0: Yeah, that that was, uh, and then obviously also um for religious reasons as well. It wasn't just women that pushed yeah. it, but women were one of the biggest um
1: contributors. contributors
0: for sure for it. So, uh, all right, cool. So let's go ahead and keep going here, guys, with explaining this. Oh, and give me ones in the chat if you know, you guys understand. Uh, the RICO laws. Like, I explained how RICO came, but give me one to chat if you guys understand how RICO laws work now. After that explanation. Yeah, I really want to make sure all you guys understand before I I continue to move on. I know some of you guys might be like, yo, this is annoying. What did RICO stand for again? I was
1: gonna ask
0: Uh, that a minute ago. Racketeering influence uh, corruption or corrupt organizations. Let me, hold on. Let me. You know what? Let's just, um, Let's double check it.
1: Racketeering.
0: Racketeering, influence, corrupt organizations. I think is what it says. Corrupt.
1: For. I thought it was conspirational.
0: Racketeering, influence, oh, the corrupt. corrupt organizations. Act. Yep, I had it. Yep, that's what it is. Okay. Um. Cool. I think I see mostly ones. I don't see. Angie, do you see any twos? No.
1: All
0: right. So we will proceed.
1: Mostly
0: ones. Okay. I saw two, but just trolling. Just probably
1: trolling. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course uh okay so now okay guys we're gonna get into uh who is Fannie willis okay fanny willis is a da um out of georgia that's charging this okay and fanny Tafia willis uh born 1971 is an american attorney she is the district attorney of fulton county georgia which contains most of atlanta she's the first woman to hold the office okay and uh, she was she's from inglewood california right and oh her father was a member of black panthers and a criminal defense attorney so okay so that's who she is right and there's some uh, rumors <laughs> i think trump had made it said that she used to date a gang member back in the day
1: <laughs> 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 of course he's going to
5: say that
0: <laughs> so uh so here's the indictment here guys okay this is it this is the actual indictment itself you can see here fulton superior court Hold on let me there we go okay um Bolton Superior Court, State of Georgia versus Boom. You can see Donald Trump here, right? The two most notable names, uh, Donald Trump and uh, former mayor of New York, Rudolph Giuliani. Um, And then you got all these other individuals, right, that were a part of the Trump organization, right? So, and then look, see, here's a grand jury four person. So remember how I told you what a grand jury is? The four person is the leader for them that speaks on behalf of the jury. Just like you would have a four person in a jury trial, you also have a four person uh, for a grand jury. Okay. So, and then obviously Fannie Willis is the district attorney. So the document, all the documents are going to go through her, right? And this is that's just some uh this is some administrative bullshit. This is like uh for their for their own records. Um and then you go here, table of contents, right? So they have here everything that's in the um indictment, right? The different chapters. We're not gonna read the entire thing. I'm just skimming through it with y'all, just so you guys understand, right? So the grand jurors uh, aforesaid in the name and behalf of the citizens of Georgia, do hereby charge and accuse Donald John Trump and then all these other individuals, right, with the offense of violation of the Georgia Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act, OCGA 16144, 4, for the said accused individually and as persons concerned in the commission of crimes and together with unindicted co conspirators in the state of Georgia and Fulton County, and uh, on and between the 4th of November 2020 and the 15th day of September 2022. OK, now you guys are probably wondering, well, hold on. Wait, Myra, what are you talking about? November 2020 and all this other stuff. Well, guys, this is all stemming from January 6th. What is January 6th? To summarize it for you guys without going into a whole situation, because this obviously is a very um, sensitive topic for a lot of people. January 6th occurred when um, it became out that Biden had won the election and Trump challenged the election. He delivered a speech. Right. Which some people say he was a call for violence, etc. And then there was um, a a riot, allegedly, at the Capitol where a bunch of Trump supporters charged the Capitol building, went inside and walked around. Right. A bunch of those people got arrested by the FBI um, for those January 6th situations. Now, I want to make it very clear, guys. The feds and the state are not charging Trump for the rioters. What they're charging him for is for using his presidential powers to try to overturn the election. One more time. Okay? They're not charging Trump for the speech he delivered or for the people storming the Capitol and walking inside. They're charging Trump for trying to challenge the election and using his presidential powers, allegedly to overturn the election and not allow it to be uh, considered as valid. Okay? That's what they're charging him with. However, I want to make this really important distinction, all right? (laughs) I would be foolish and a liar to not tell you guys that the riots did not precipitate the feds and Georgia and get them into a position where they're like, we need to charge this guy. Okay, so even though they're not charging him with the actions of the rioters, the actions of the rioters brought a light to Donald Trump where it seemed that the government had an axe to grind with him. Okay, does that make sense, guys? Give me ones in the chat if that makes sense because there tends to be a lot of misconception that he's being charged with January 6th riots. No, he's being charged with January 6th election interference. The riots were a byproduct of it. Awesome, awesome. I see a lot of ones. Guys, if you're going to type a two, you need to put immediately after the two what confuses you. Don't just put a two to troll. You need to put a two in exactly what tr-
2: confuses you. All right.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, cool, cool, cool. You guys give me a lot of satisfaction when I when I, when I feel like I'm teaching y'all, and you grand guys are jury. able to like really understand this stuff. Because a lot of people are on the news are like, "Oh, well, yeah, the jury were sick trial. It's like they don't really know what's going on. A, a
1: question here, real quick, real
0: quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what is it? Can you read it?
1: Yeah, here grand jury question.
0: And guys, um, get your super chat questions in. Um, is it
1: like a normal jury trial, or just the majority of jurors to pass on an indictment?
0: Uh. It's it's um it's a whole different group of people, but they're just like jurors. They're they're your peers. I explained this in more detail, Steve, earlier in the show. You might have missed it earlier. Um, but feel free to rewind. It was one of the first things I explained. And timestamps will be up here later on, guys. Um, so introduction. All right, defendant Donald John Trump lost the United States presidential election on November third, twenty twenty. One of the states he lost was Georgia. Trump and other defendants charged in this indictment refused to accept that Trump lost and they knowingly and willfully joined a conspiracy to unlawfully change the outcome of the election in favor of Trump. That conspiracy contained a common plan and purpose to commit two or more acts of racketeering activity in Fulton County, elsewhere in the state of Georgia and in other states. The enterprise. Okay. Now see guys, um, even though it's not required for Georgia Rico, which I just learned, they still have an entire part talking about the enterprise okay so at all times relative to his account of this indictment the defendants and then they put all their names which I'm going to skip okay and, uh, and others known and unknown to the grand jury constitute a criminal organization whose members and associates engage in various related criminal activities including but not limited to false statements and writings impersonating a public officer forgery filing false documents influencing witnesses computer theft computer trespass computer invasion of privacy conspiracy to defraud the state acts involving theft and perjury okay so now we know right stop the show up now we know what crimes okay they're trying to try
2: they're trying to say we're a part let me highlight this sorry guys all right now we know
0: what the crimes are false statements and writings impersonating a public officer forgery finally false documents influencing witnesses computer theft computer trespass Computer invasion of privacy, conspiracy to defraud the state, acts involving theft and perjury. So, what I'll do here, guys, is I'll kind of go through some of these crimes for y'all. Okay. False statements of writing—that's that's a that's a catch-all. That that's very easy to, to you know to to throw. Right, impersonating a public officer, forgery, filing false documents, influencing witnesses. This one is a big one. If you guys listen to that phone call that we had earlier with uh, Trump saying, "Hey, I just need to find eleven thousand votes." That's considered influencing a witness, right? Computer theft. As you guys know, people that are in the Trump team went and double-checked their computers. Wait, right?
1: Im- impersonating a public officer?
0: Yeah, that was one of the guys that we saw in an article before. They said that he was impersonating a public officer. Which I don't know how they're coming to that, but that was one of the charges.
1: That's crazy.
0: Um, computer theft, computer trespass, computer invasion of privacy. So since they went ahead and like recounted some of the votes and looked at those voting computers, that all constituted as violations from the computer theft, computer trespass, computer invasion of privacy. And that conspiracy to defraud the state. Okay, so this charge right here, guys, this conspiracy to defraud, all right, this charge right here, that is the same charge that the feds are charging Trump with as well, okay? Now you guys are probably wondering, what do you mean conspiracy to defraud the state? What does this mean? Well, by Trump using his presidential power to try to get a recount or whatever he tried to do, right? They look at that as he's undermining the democratic process of the United States during elections. And by doing so, he is defrauding, in the federal side, the United States of America, but on the state side, defrauding the state of Georgia, of their civil right to vote and the voting process in and of itself. Does that make sense, guys? So they're saying he conspired to defraud the state of its right to have the election process unhindered. Okay? The feds charge him with the same exact thing, but their argument is that he did it to defraud the United States. Georgia's saying he did it to defraud the state of Georgia. Right? Give me ones in the chat if that makes sense. So they talk about this is a criminal organization. And then they say the enterprise operator in Foley County, Georgia, um, but not limited to. They also did this in Arizona, Michigan, Nevada, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and District of Columbia. The op- enterprise operated for a period of time sufficient to permit its members and associates to pursue its objectives. OK. So false statements, solicitation of state legislatures, false statements, solicitation of high ranking state officials. Um, creation and distribution of false electoral to college documents, harassment, and intimidation. Now, um, guys, you know what? I'm gonna let y'all decide. Give me once in the chat if you guys want me to go through. How many of these crimes are there? A
1: hundred. And it's something, eight. No, right? it's eight crimes. Okay. Give
0: me, give me a uh, one in the chat if you guys want me to go through these crimes and read it. Or two okay. if you guys want me to go back to the news article.
1: What was it that it was like a hundred and something? Yeah. That right? those are the acts. Yeah, that's yeah. An- another thing. Another thing. But
0: these are the actual like a uh, more explanation of each crime. Let's see here. You know what? Mostly ones.
2: Mostly ones. All right, this is
0: what I'll do. I'll play a news article and then we'll go into the um and I'll read and I'll and I'll read this after. Give you guys a break from looking at these documents. All right, so let's go ahead and look at uh Trump's response to the Georgia indictment.
8: Donald Trump has responded to his fourth indictment, claiming he has proof that will exonerate him from criminal charges in Georgia. Trump and 18 others were charged in connection with efforts to overturn the 2020 election.
5: He is going to have to prove that Donald Trump subjectively knew that his claims were false and that he was therefore committing fraud. He legitimately believes he won the election here in Georgia. And that is the entire linchpin of the prosecutor's case.
8: So in a social media post, Trump promised to unveil a new report showing voter fraud in Georgia. This comes as the first Republican presidential debate is just a week from today. Joining us now with more on this case is Doug Luzader in D.C. Hi, Doug. Good morning. So what is the former president's strategy here to get exonerated?
9: Well, we don't know what he's going to unveil on on Monday, which is when he's promised to uh, take the wraps off this report that somehow pertains to allegations of voter fraud uh, in Georgia. This is an effort to refute this latest uh, indictment that came down from Georgia. Uh, from the uh, the uh, the district attorney there. Um, you know, this is something that's been pretty well litigated up to this point, so we don't know what new may be part of this, but the uh, former president is certainly raising a lot of expectations ahead of doing this. And, you know, his schedule is getting quite full. I mean, this is coming on Monday, we think. Uh, we've got this first Republican debate in Milwaukee on Wednesday of next week. And then on Friday of next week, the former president has to uh, turn himself in. That's the deadline of, to uh, respond to
0: these, all right. So, um, uh, Tim Cast, Tim Poole, which, uh, by, by the way, announcement for y'all, we will be on Tim Cast next Friday, <laughs> Tim Cast IRL next week, next Friday. Uh, we'll probably be talking about this case and other things as well. Um, Tim put out a tweet saying, What happens if Trump doesn't um surrender? Because uh, uh, Fannie Willis gave all the defendants, I think, 10 days to surrender, I think they have to surrender uh, by next week. Right. So what will happen, guys, if he decides to not surrender, which he will. But if, if, you know, in a hypothetical situation, what would happen? What would happen, guys, is since he's not in the state of Georgia and he's campaigning all over the United States, the state of Georgia doesn't really have the authority to go arrest him in another state. They would have to do something called delegating and arrest warrants. Okay, and what that means is they would have to take that arrest warrant that uh, in the state of Georgia and delegate it to the United States Marshal Service, okay? United States Marshal Service is responsible for apprehending fugitives in the United States of America, So whether or abroad, okay? So once they give that warrant to the marshals, now it's the marshals' warrant. It oh, They own it. It's still a state warrant, but the marshals are going to be the ones responsible for fulfilling it. So they're going to go, and they're going to pick up Trump and bring him back to Georgia, okay? Now, when you try to evade prosecution, there's something called unlawful flight, to avoid prosecution, also known as UFAP, LOL. <laughs> okay, okay. The, the people in the in the audience are gonna know why that's funny, all right? But there's a UFAP warrant. okay? And a UFAP warrant is often um, administered, right? And it's a federal charge, by the way. So like, let's say the state investigator can't get somebody, right? They'll go to the feds. Hey, FBI. Hey, Marshals. I need your help. This guy ran away to avoid prosecution, and we know that he did. Right. Which in this case, you can argue that Trump knows that he's being uh, charged, and he if he doesn't turn himself in, he's unlawfully fly, fleeing prof- prosecution. So, so, uh, so what will happen is the the Fulton County. They'll go to the feds, right uh, down there in the you know district of Georgia, and say, hey. We want an unlawful flight to avoid prosecution warrant, UFAP, and they're going to file that. And they're still going to go ahead and go get him with the U.S. Marshals. So does a UFAP warrant always get filed? No. Normally it doesn't. But in a case like this where you can clearly see that they got a hard-on for Trump, yeah, they're probably going to file a UFAP warrant as well against him if he were to try to not turn himself in. And everyone else involved in this case. Wow. Yep.
1: And you do you really think he's going to show up?
0: Of course. He's going to show up. But what's her name? Uh, Fannie Willis said that they're going to fingerprint him and they're going to take a mugshot.
1: Oh my God. No
0: one else has done that.
1: So this is insane because uh, Myron told me that um, Trump is the first president or former president of the United States that's being like prosecuted, like like extremely, like you know, big time prosecuted. And that, that will like look very bad to the country, right? Like, yeah. it will look bad. Yeah, back. it's
0: Banana Republic type activity here. So, yeah, this is unprecedented, guys. But yeah, they're good because just so you guys know, um, when he was arrested in New York and when he was arrested by the feds on those two occasions, right, three occasions total, if you include New York, they fingerprinted him, but they didn't take a mugshot in Georgia. They're going to take a mugshot. I think Fannie Willis has an axe to grind with with Trump and his political
9: charges uh, that are the, the most recent ones filed in Georgia. So we've got four you know big criminal cases pending against the former president.
8: And we're going to get back to that debate in just a second. But so far, are these new charges impacting the former president's campaign?
9: Well, we don't know yet. Um, we, we do know that there was a poll that recently came out just before. Uh,
0: well, he's going up in the polls every time he gets charged, man. So it's definitely influencing him, but from a good point.
9: These charges were filed, indicating that the support among Republicans had actually gone I, I up have somewhat. a question. Um,
1: yeah. So, this is probably a dumb question from me, but how does like the voting system works in this country? Like, how how do how do you vote? Like, do you vote? Is it electronically Because in Venezuela, yeah. it's like old times. It's like old school. You write gotcha. in a paper and you put it in a cardboard box. Yeah, yeah. So, um,
0: here it's it's done. You win by states, and then and then um, based on each state's weight. And of importance and the amount of people that live there to simplify it, um, that shows if you win the election.
1: Yeah, but, like, how do you do it? Like, Do you go on a website and you... Um,
0: They do it with computers now. I haven't voted in a long time, but uh, they do it with computers now. You have
1: now. to go to a, a voting You go to, like,
0: a voting booth, yeah. You
1: go, okay. you go to, like,
0: a voting location, and, uh, and they do it with computers now. I haven't voted since 2008, guys, so please, maybe someone in the chat can... Um, oh, okay. ...can... Uh, like, can do it like uh, but yeah it's basically like an electoral college which means you need to win state by state and in this case trump lost the state of georgia which has quite a bit of weight in compared like a state like florida is going to have more influence than a state like wyoming for example yeah because there's more people that live here
1: yeah of course it so in white people
0: yeah so uh but yeah that's basically typically what it is yeah i did vote obama guys back in 2008
1: uh, <laughs> i did i did
0: um but yeah it is what it why is why
1: haven't you voted anymore
0: uh, cause I'm registered to vote in Connecticut and Connecticut is kind of a waste cause you're always going to oh, go blue, Oh yeah. but okay. now I'm registered to vote in Florida. So I'm, I'm hundred percent going to vote for Trump on in 2024.
1: Okay. Go oh vote. my God. You just yeah. said it.
0: I'm definitely going to vote. Yeah. Was, I'll <laughs> tell you, I'm going to go vote for Trump, man. I also like Vivek Ramaswamy a lot too, but I don't think he's going to win. So, um,
1: how, how often do people like con? Be, uh, yeah. How often do they con the population here in, in America? Like per state?
0: you know uh they do a u.s census every 10 years
1: every 10 years every 10, okay, 10 years the they do a u.s census okay
9: now you know will this factor into into his decision for instance as to whether to take part in that debate we don't know uh, because he's undecided at this point but he is the clear front runner still for the republican nomination and if anything uh these indictments seem to uh seem to bolster his status they definitely do you
7: just
8: said he's undecided do you know the likelihood he participates next next week in that debate
9: well you know look he's got a a few things to consider um one is the fact that that front runners generally don't like to participate in debates uh there's 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 a lot of potential downside and there's not necessarily a whole lot of upside especially if you're leading with the kind of margin that trump is enjoying right now among republican voters Uh, the other issue has to do with a requirement that the national party uh, has kind of grafted onto this debate which is that you, you you cannot participate in the debate unless you agree to support the republican nominee whoever that person may be and and this has been difficult for a number of republicans but especially former president trump uh, who says that he's just not going to sign that kind of a pledge and and absent that it's not clear how he would participate in the debate on Wednesday.
8: Mm-hmm. All right, Doug Lusader. thank you so much for your time this morning reporting to us live from Washington, D.C.
0: All right. So um, let's go ahead here and um, move on, move back to the indictment itself. Right. Because you guys want to hear those charges. So let's read it real quick. So. Number one, false statements and solicitation of state legislators. Le- uh, members of the enterprise, including several defendants, appeared at hearings in Fulton County, Georgia, before members of the Gen- uh, Georgia, Grand, uh, Georgia General Assembly on December 3rd, 2020, December 10th, 2020, and December 30, 2020. At these hearings, members of the enterprise made false statements concerning fraud in the November third, 2020 presidential election. The purpose of the false statements was to persuade Georgia legislators to reject lawful electoral casts. Voter uh, votes cast by the duly elected and qualified presidential electors from Georgia. Members of the enterprise corruptly solicitated Georgia legislators instead of lawfully appoint their own presidential electors for the purpose of casting electoral votes for Donald Trump. So that's number one. That's where they're saying they came in and testified and made false statements, right? False statements to the solicitation of high-ranking state officials. Members of the enterprise, uh, right, and they always start with members of the enterprise. Basically what they're saying here. Members of the enterprise also corruptly solicited Georgia officials, including the Secretary of State and the Speaker uh, of the House of Representatives, to violate their oaths to the Georgia Constitution and to the United States Constitution by unlawfully changing the outcome of the November 3rd, 2020 presidential election in Georgia in favor of Donald Trump. Three, creation distribution of false electoral college documents. Okay. After the false electoral college votes were cast, members of the enterprise transmitted the votes to the President of the United States, Senate, the uh, archivist of the United States, the Georgia Secretary of State, and the Chief Judge of the United States District Court for the Northern District of Georgia. The false documents were intended to disrupt and delay the joint sessions of Congress on January 6, 2021, in order to unlawfully change the outcome of the November 3rd, 2020, presidential election in favor of Donald Trump. Harassment and intimidation of Fulton County election worker Ruby Freeman. This was a big one, and I think Trump actually mentioned this woman's name a few times, right, saying that she's corrupt and she had uh, messed with the with the vote numbers. Um. Let's see here. I'm trying to summarize it for you. Uh, Georgia officials in an effort to persuade them to unlawfully change the outcome November 3rd presidential election in favor of Donald Trump. Uh, and for, members of the enterprise traveled from out of the state to harass Freeman, intimidate her, and solicitate her to falsely confess the election crimes that she did not commit. Solicitation of high-ranking United States Department of uh, Justice officials, right? Um, uh, let's see here. In one instance, Donald Trump stated to the acting United States Attorney General, just say that the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me and the Republican congressman. Oh, fuck, bro. I'll oh, my that. God. Solicitation of the Vice President of the United States. Okay, as you guys know, Mike Pence, right? Um, members of the enterprise also corruptly solicited Vice President, the Vice President to reject votes cast by the duly elected and qualified presidential electors uh, from several other states. Unlawful breach of election equipment in Georgia and elsewhere, Um, members of the enterprise uh, in Georgia, members of the enterprise stole data, including ballot images, voting equipment, software and personal voter information. The stolen data then distributed to uh, uh, other members of the enterprise, including the members in other states. Then the last one, obstruction, uh, obstructive acts and furtherance of conspiracy and cover up. Members of the enterprise, including several defendants, filed false documents, made false statements to government investigators, committed perjury in judicial proceedings in Fulton County, Georgia, and elsewhere in furtherance of and to cover up the conspiracy. Crazy. Now, now that we know the uh, charges, who is the second individual that's also notable? Rudy Giuliani, okay? Rudolph William Lewis Giuliani. Born May twenty eighth, nineteen forty four, as an American politician and a lawyer who served in the hundred seventh uh, as the hundred seventh mayor of New York City from nineteen ninety four to two thousand one. I actually remember being a kid when he was mayor. He did clean the streets a lot. He pre- previously served as the United States Associate Attorney General from nineteen eighty one to nineteen eighty three, and United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York from nineteen eighty three to nineteen eighty nine. So, guys, he was the functional equivalent to Fannie Willis. Okay, functional equivalent to her, but at the federal level, okay, so obviously more prestigious here. so it's kind of crazy that she's prosecuting him now. <laughs> Giuliani led the 1980s federal prosecution of New York City mafia bosses as u. s. attorney for the Southern District of New York after a failed campaign for mayor of New York City in the 1989 election. He succeeded in 1993 and was reelected in 1997 campaigning on a tough on crime platform. Yes, I remember when he did that um, and, and he was really focused on cleaning up the streets.
1: You were
0: seven. I was I was a kid. Yeah, I remember it, though. Um, he led New York's controversial civic cleanup from 1994 to 2001. Mayor Giuliani appointed an outsider, Wilton Brand, as New York City's new police commissioner in efforts effort to reform police departments, administration, and policing practices. They applied the broken windows theory. All right. So, um, so let's go ahead um, and play this. This is what we know about Trump's charges, right? And then we'll play Rudy Giuliani's part, which, where did I put it?
1: i think i i think uh, wasn't he that the one that um this guy mentioned he when he that he got persecuted for um uh
0: yes um uh
1: michael
7: michael
0: francis did michael mention Frenzies. giuliani
7: Jury Mm -hmm. indicting former president Donald Trump and 18 of his allies in the Georgia 2020 election case.
10: This is his fourth criminal indictment in less than five months. Trump faces 13 criminal counts related to his alleged efforts to overturn the presidential election. Hey,
0: real quick, guys, we got 1400 y'all watching right now. Uh, I just need you guys to like the video real quick. I would really appreciate we can get up to 100 percent engagement. It would help a lot because as you guys know, we're in YouTube jail for two weeks. I couldn't post on Fed reacts. So just like the video, man. Smash that like button. Let's get up to 1,400 likes.
7: Results in the state. There are 18 co-defendants, including Trump's former lawyer (laughs) and the New York City Mayor, Rudy Giuliani, and former White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis spoke about the sweeping indictment late last night.
6: The indictment alleges that rather than abide, abide by Georgia's legal process for election challenges... The defendants engaged in a criminal racketeering enterprise to overturn Georgia's presidential election result.
10: In a statement, the former president's attorney said, quote, the Fulton County District Attorney's Office clearly decided to force through and rush this 98-page indictment.
7: CBS's Nicole Skanga joins us now from Atlanta. Nicole, great to see you. I know you've been there since uh, late last night into today again. Uh, Break it down for the uninitiated in plain English. What exactly is the former president now accused of doing?
4: Ed, Meg, good to be with you too. And the former president is being accused of serving as a ringleader of sorts of a criminal enterprise designed to overturn the 2020 presidential elections here in the state. And we
0: explained that earlier that, guys, that he, um, they're, they're looking at this from an enterprise standpoint.
4: Georgia. And before this latest charging document was handed up to the Fulton County Superior Court, the former president had already faced 78 charges in other indictments, but this is is the first time that Trump faces racketeering charges. Now, RICO cases, as they are called, were uh, first used in the 1970s against the mob. And if you've been hearing us refer to them as sprawling, it's because, well, it is sprawling. This indictment, 97 pages, 19 defendants. You mentioned 41 felony counts. It collected 161 separate acts in total now some of those accusations can stand alone in the court of law here in georgia conspiracy
0: and and remember guys i explained this to you how laws can stand alone uh and then or they don't have to necessarily be wrapped you know in a rico conspiracy but what ends up happening is it's, it's subject to statute limitations so here these are all the acts that they're talking about acts of racketeering activity and overt acts of furtherance of the conspiracy and you can see here they go all the way from you know 2020 to pretty much almost present day, and there's 100 plus of these things. Look at this act. Up to the what 40s now? 86. Sorry, keep going. All the way, man. Holy act 113, and then this one is a longer one, and then act 114, 115, and it just keeps going and going and going. So, yeah. And remember, guys, the reason why is because they have to, for each of these 18 people, each of them was involved in different acts. So they ha- they're outlining each individual, you know, and what act they were involved in. Right. You, you can see here that Trump is in, obviously in every single act. One act might pertain to only one individual. So that's why there's so many. It's not that Trump did all 200 plus these acts. It's Trump and all those other 18 individuals, et cetera, did all those uh, activities. right? So that's why it looks there's so much. It's not necessarily all Trump
4: to commit election fraud, for instance, forgery, filing false documents, that now notorious call that uh, the president had made to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. But there are other acts that could not stand alone in a court of law here in Georgia. The president's tweets, for instance, or some of those efforts by Trump operatives to influence election results in other states, Michigan, Arizona, Pennsylvania, namely. But prosecutors using those overt acts to paint a picture, to tell a broader story of election conspiracy that took place here in Fulton County. And
10: Nicole, we're talking about 18 co-defendants. So walk us through what they
4: allegedly did. Yeah, Meg, some prominent advisors of the former president that our viewers will recognize, Rudy Giuliani, the uh, former president's former personal attorney, Mark Meadows, his uh, former chief of staff who uh, sat in that role during the election. There are those who spoke at hearings here in Georgia uh, to convince state lawmakers to overturn those 2020 elections folks like lawyer Ray Smith there are three so-called fake electors who are serving as co-defenders those who claim to be official like former chair of the Georgia GO oh
0: that's that's why they're getting called fake a fake um uh pro- opposing as a public official those fake electors
4: P David Schaefer. There are individuals who traveled from out of state to harass and intimidate Fulton County election workers like Ruby Freeman. There are officials involved in efforts to illegally access election data in nearby Coffee County, a rural district outside of Atlanta. Folks like GOP official Kathleen Latham.
7: Nicole, uh, it was a late night there in Atlanta. You were in the room last night during the press conference with the DA.
0: Yeah, they indicted him at like, like uh, damn near midnight, I remember, on, on Monday.
7: What did she have to say wow. about the situation with the
0: charging document? Or they made the announcement, excuse me, they made the announcement that late.
9: Midnight?
7: Some may have heard, went around before the indictment was unsealed. It suddenly a popped hours up before. online. It looked like it did. Then it went away. Her office disputed uh, its authenticity Uh, But it seems to have contributed to the rush to get this done late last night.
4: Ed, no doubt a tense moment during that press conference last night. Uh, The question should be, what didn't the Fulton County DA say? You know, she told reporters, no, I can't tell you anything, adding that she's not an expert in clerk or administrative duties. You know, this after uh, the former president's attorneys blasted the Fulton County DA for what they called a mishap here. Now, the Fulton County DA did say during that press conference that she would give defendants until August 25th to surrender at the courthouse mentioning that arrest warrants have been issued uh, as is typical under Georgia state law. It remains to be seen in the coming days when exactly the former president will appear for his initial arraignment at the courthouse behind me. We know that he is planning to host a press conference in Bedminster, New Jersey uh, next week and will potentially discuss Some of the allegations here, we do know there is already a significant U.S. Secret Service footprint on the ground here in Atlanta. They have been doing site evaluations for weeks already. Atlanta, uh, a big hub for U.S. Secret Service nearby former president. And
0: also, guys, the reason why they're going to give him more time is because obviously a lot of people are politicians and then the Secret Service needs to coordinate. You know, it's going to be a huge, you know, situation to get him over there. So. They need to coordinate it from a security perspective, et cetera. That's another reason, too, why she's giving them extra time.
1: Um, do you explain specifically why he's getting indicted in, in Georgia?
0: Because uh, the, he called, he tried to overturn the votes in this county. So that's right. why.
2: Okay.
0: And, and uh, Fulton County covers uh, Atlanta. Atlanta is in Fulton County. I think
4: Jimmy Carter. Uh, but I am told that that a federal law enforcement presence is expected to grow into next week and perhaps a sign of when we could see the former president pop up here behind me.
0: All right. No. Yeah, they have to Secret Service has to go do a site evaluation as well, guys. So like anytime the president travels, the Secret Service got to be there pretty much like a week before. So that's another reason why the ADA, the DA had to give them extra time. So, yeah, it's going to be a spectacle, guys, as you guys remember, when he got in Miami, and he showed up there. It was a whole motorcade. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So they had to prepare whenever he comes.
1: Yeah.
7: It
0: was Kango,
1: who
7: covers all things Homeland Security and justice for us And today is in Atlanta. We appreciate it. Thank you.
10: <clears throat> Thank you. And the former president's legal troubles go beyond the indictment in Georgia. Trump's co-defendant in the federal classified documents case has pleaded.
0: OK, so that goes into the federal document case. Now, let's take a quick look here. I got a video for y'all um, on Giuliani. Which, man, it's crazy how they, they indicted him, man. And good thing, though, uh, that article I just closed out, guys, basically, it shows that, you know, the, most of other Republican candidates, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, they're even saying, hey, even though Trump is our opponent, uh, you know, it's unacceptable that the Justice Department and law enforcement in general is being used to weaponize. Other um, parts of The Justice Department. against. Trump. So this is a legal deep dive on Trump's fourth indictment. And this covers a little bit of Rudy Giuliani. So you guys can see here, look at this, the commission of La Cosa Nostra. This is Rudy Giuliani right here, guys, a young Rudy Giuliani. And this is when they went and now they're using the same statutes that made him a famous prosecutor against him.
1: That's insane. I do think
0: that the work in my office and other parts of the Justice Department has changed the definition of the problem of crime in America. We're going to have to attack it as a business, not just as individual crime. We have followed up with civil RICO cases. There'll be some point in the future in which we will really destroy the power of the mafia.
10: Hard to believe seeing those videos. Former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani is one of the 19 people, including Donald Trump, indicted yesterday on racketeering charges. But nearly four (laughs) decades ago, Rudy Giuliani was U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, and he used those very same RICO principles to take down the leadership of the infamous five families of New York's organized crime. Tonight, Giuliani called the RICO charge against him.
0: And guys, we um, have those mafia videos on this channel for y'all. So if you guys yeah. want to go check those out, go watch them, man. And you, you it'll it, you'll see why it's so shocking that he's being charged yeah, it's
10: for this. It's in
0: the playlist of, of. It's in the playlist.
10: Yeah, New York's organized crime. Tonight, Giuliani called the RICO charge against him ridiculous. Back with me tonight, Neil Cotel, Department of Justice veteran and former acting solicitor general during the Obama administration. His podcast, Courtside, has a brand new episode out on this indictment, and you must listen to it. Neil, we keep hearing about racketeering. Can you explain exactly what that means and how it applies in Georgia?
3: Yeah. So the racketeering comes from a 1980 Georgia law and indeed a 1970 federal law. And the idea was to take the conspiracy doctrine, which is a flexible tool that prosecutors use to go after bad guys.
0: Guys, a conspiracy is nothing more than an agreement between two individuals and one overt act being committed in furtherance of that conspiracy. That's how easy it is to prove conspiracy in American law apply it to
3: criminal enterprises. And so in order for it to apply, you've got to have committed two or more predicate acts that are criminal in nature. Um, so it can't just be a one-off kind of thing. and. You know, in a way, Steph, it's just—it's so sad to see how far Rudy Giuliani has fell. Like when I was in law school, and of course after 9/11, he was someone that we all looked up to. And to go from that to Four Seasons Landscaping, let alone a criminal indictment, is just—you know—unfathomable. This guy has been suspended from the bar. The DC bar has recommended his disbarment last month. Um, it is uh, an unimaginable fall.
10: It is, especially for New Yorkers who there was a period of time where that guy wanted to be president. 10 years ago, people thought he could have had a bridge named after him in New York. And now look where he is. Um, let's talk about this case.
0: Yeah, he really did a good job when he was mayor of New York, guys. He really reduced the crime in the 90s significantly.
10: And some are predicting that Trump is going to try to get this move to federal court. Meadows already wants to do that. Do you think that Trump's going to be successful? And even if he is, it's still it's still in Georgia. You still have the same yeah. prosecutor. A president would not be able to pardon someone convicted here.
0: That's very important, guys. The president cannot pardon himself or someone else on a state case. I think only the governor can do that. So
3: Right. So there's definitely I think Trump is going to try and move this case to the federal court and if for no other reason than in the federal courts the tele- televised trials have never happened
0: we have- oh yes that's another thing i forgot to mention guys <laughs> this trial could be televised it's a state case feds are not televised but state cases are so this thing might get televised i think that's another reason too that, that this is going to be a problem for trump
3: to go to the chief justice and get a special order from the judicial conference otherwise You're i think right, that should be defense. granted but that stands in stark contrast to georgia in which Tele, in which televised criminal trials are the norm, and this trial would be televised in Georgia. And so Trump, who's afraid of sunlight the way vampires are afraid of sunlight and garlic, I think is going to do everything possible to try
0: this dude and a hater.
3: have this case in federal court.
1: they are absolutely one of
3: right. Yeah. It doesn't mean that's what that it's federal Probably prosecutors and the United States Justice Department who will run the prosecution. It doesn't mean that a future president could pardon, but it does change the rules like televised trials and the like. I think, Steph, that these removal actions will fail. It's true there is a law passed after the Civil War that gives federal employees in certain circumstances the right to move a case to federal court, but it doesn't apply here, I don't think, for three reasons. One is you have to be performing a federal function And Donald Trump as president or Mark Meadows as his chief of staff are not performing a federal function. The president in our Constitution has huge, sweeping powers. But the one place our founders said the president has no role is with the Electoral College.
0: And for the best of reasons, because who's. This is actually pretty valid what he's about to say, guys. And he's right with that.
3: The person who has the most self-interest in the Electoral College, how it functions, how votes are counted, the president, the sitting president, they're the ones who are, after all, running for re-election. So our founders cut the president entirely out of the Electoral College. And in order for this case to be moved for any of the defendants, they have to be performing a federal function. These folks just weren't. The second thing is, there's no federal, colorable federal defense.
0: That's that's debatable. I I can see his argument for Trump, but the other 18 people, that's that's debatable.
3: That's which is also necessary. I don't think there's any immunity claim or anything like that that's going to cut the mustard. And lastly, in order to remove a
0: can- Hold on Neil Katyal. Hmm
3: case to federal court, <laughs> you can't put too, burden, too much of a burden on state court, state, uh, officials. That's what the Supreme Court said 30 years ago. And here, obviously, moving the trial to federal court would impose that burden. So I don't think that's going anywhere. It's a long answer. Sorry for all the detail. But basically, bottom line, this move, I think, will fail.
10: No, we want the detail. We need it, especially tonight. Fonnie Willis wants this thing to go to trial within six months let's let what happens to all
0: right guys here's here's his uh stuff right here he's indian it looks like he looks like yeah so yeah um his parents he was born in the united states his mother is a pediatrician his father died in 2005 but yeah immigrant parents from india
2: (laughs) trump's campaign
10: if he gets convicted while he's actively running for president
3: Yeah, so you know, I think that there's a very strong case that if he's convicted under the Georgia
0: thank you, come again
3: charges, he cannot serve. He's ineligible to serve as president under the Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three. Again, passed after the Civil War, barring insurrectionists from running for office. A group, you know, a couple of very conservative.
0: Shouts to Vivek Ramaswamy. He's a better Indian than this guy
3: very prominent (laughs) law professors last week, wrote a long article about this that's gotten a lot of attention. So I think that just as a legal matter, he will be ineligible at that point. But separately, you're asking about the political consequences. And I know that Donald Trump says every time he's indicted, it helps him and all this stuff helps him. If so, then I don't know what he's complaining about. I mean, then why is he saying... You know Biden or the district attorney in Georgia's Let's do A hater.
0: All right. Yeah. So um. No, let's that's, go ahead that's and read actually, some of these chats. That's
1: actually a very good question. Like, what happens if he gets indicted? Uh, I mean, if he gets charged uh, when he's actually the president? Like,
0: uh, that's a good question. If he becomes president and he has these charges over him, uh, that'd be interesting. I would, I would assume. What would happen? He would ask the governor to pardon him. Is what I think he would do.
1: What would happen if we, if they don't? I mean, this hasn't happened, would, before, sir. I like, guess
0: he would so... go into to prison after he serves as four years. <sighs>
1: wow, you know, yeah,
0: <clears throat> Goku Kakarai. Do a reaction stand of wounded knee, Russell means. Uh, I don't know what that is. Love free Jeffrey Young, Thug Williams. Okay, shout out to UTRC23. Zaza goes, What do you think of the future for Trump supporters will we make it to 2024? I think we can, guys. I think he can make it to 2024. He's just got to make it through to the election and uh he can pardon himself on the federal cases the new york case i'm not worried about it's a bs um falsifying business business records so it's a barely a felony uh he'll probably get a fine for that and then um this georgia one uh if you can get the governor to pardon him this one is the one that he can't save himself from he has to have someone else come in once lda can they record him legally without his knowledge i mean no wise self-conviction no prosecution but the same DA going for another rico ridiculous yeah um yeah, they can absolutely record him without his knowledge, guys. Um, what I'm willing to bet is that the governor that he spoke to on the phone, he said, hey, I need you to find 11,000 votes, probably recorded that conversation and gave it to the prosecution. That's insane. It's probably cooperating. That's why they have it. After I was overrated, Fed reacts, daytime shows is where the good content is at. Keep up the good work, Myron. Appreciate the Oscar. If more people had your mindset, my friend, we That's wouldn't so have so good. many brokies. Yeah. <laughs> you love your content. Keep it up. Shout out to Angie. Shout out to you. Apotheosis you. intent why 45 get all this for wanting to count the votes then them dems uh dem democrats do the same in 2004 with kerry and bush i remember them counting florida votes like two weeks yeah you're right good point jtk fap 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 okay Kyrie sosa a dollar uh, don't you don't want to know uh <laughs> you ever thought about bringing vivek ramaswamy on the podcast what do y'all think about him i like vivek a lot um I don't think he's going to win the Republican nomination, but if he does, I'm going to 100% vote for him. 100%. If he wins the Republican candidacy, I'm going to vote for him. I think he's a businessman, Indian guy, really smart. I've watched a couple of his um, talks. Uh, He's a he's a businessman first, which I also like. He's anti-establishment, just like Trump. Think of him. He is the best way that I could describe him is that he has the charisma and charm of speaking capabilities of Obama, while also having the same capitalistic, anti-establishment. Um, mindset of Donald Trump. So, I like Vivek. Uh, let's see here. And he's young, too, which is which is good. You know, he's in tune with, with the times. Jay Mehta, how are they indicting Trump under Rico for using a First Amendment right? Clowns be going after him like he's John Gotti, Trump be living rent-free. The reason why, bro, is because they're saying that, he could say the election is rigged all day, but once you start using your presidential powers to get things looked into, that's when it becomes a problem. That's what they're going after. Yeah. What power? And in the federal case, it's the same situation. True political hypocrisy being played out in real time. Why don't they just slap RICO charges on all and every fraternity is dead? Might as well. This is crazy. I know, man. It's wild. Uh, TJ, I've never voted for a Republican in my life, but I promise you I'll be voting for Trump just because of how the government is abusing its power against them. Facts. I find it funny that even though he, uh, he uh, this is from "Come on," he goes. I find it funny that even though he is on tape saying the things he is accused of, you don't care. He can't be held accountable He's using using your words, Myron. Let that sink in. Well, my friend, what I am saying is that <clears throat> Trump. My thing is this: I'm not saying that they don't that they don't charge Trump. What I'm saying is that they're not doing this to other politicians that have done the same thing. That's, that's my that's my issue If they went and did this with Biden If they did this with Hillary If they did this with all the other uh, politicians That did abundant BS I wouldn't care But they're not That's the problem my friend That's the problem If you're going to go ahead and go after politicians Cool I'm all for it But make sure you do it equally across different political parties Yeah Come there's
1: on. a lot of people that don't want him in power right Yeah
0: now. so That
1: makes sense You
0: know what I mean I'm not saying you shouldn't be charged I'm saying that they need to charge everybody else as well and there, I mean, you're delusional if you don't think that this is not a part of a bigger political plot, right? So
1: yeah, but it's scary though to think like there's a lot of people going after him.
0: Yeah, this is like, the, this is absolutely absolutely the weaponization of of the Justice Department and mm-hmm. law enforcement against a political candidate to stop him. Where were these charges a year ago? Two years ago?
1: Yeah.
0: Like he, they, they as soon as he, they didn't start charging him until he said, "I'm going to run in 2024." Yeah. So come on, man. What are you talking about? Come on. Mr. Come on. Um, somebody, but anyway.
1: Somebody asked, who, has, who else has done this before? Jeremy Thompson. Uh, Done what? This, Can you highlight it? These things that Trump did.
0: Uh, like I,
1: cutting votes and shit.
0: And I don't can't think of anybody. Well, Oh, no, wait. Uh, they just talked about it. Kerry uh, and them yeah, in Kerry, Florida. Yeah. Yeah, it's been other instances. There have been Democrats that have been in a similar situation that challenged the election just like this, guys. And nothing happened. But uh, anyway, guys. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, I think that's it right there. We're going to kill it there. I'll probably jump on Sneeko's stream later tonight.
1: Wait, let me see if I got more questions here.
0: No, no, it's, it's got to be Super Chats. No. Because
1: uh, that's okay.
0: not fair for the Super Chatters. Oh, your questions. Okay. okay yeah. I thought you meant like the.
1: I know, we, we, we covered them all. Oh, the January 6th.
0: Oh yeah, like I explained it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're not paying attention, woman? Yeah. Stupid. Uh. uh yeah, we're good. That's it. Yeah. All right. Cool guys. I'll probably jump on stream with Sneeko here in a bit um, in probably like an hour or something like that. Uh, but yeah, love you guys. Like the video, man. I'll catch you guys tomorrow on fresh and fit. We got psych hacks in the house. Um, and then we got uh, next week. I think we're going to have Jackson Hinkle come in and then Tim cast more than likely Friday. So yeah. Guys, we're back in the algo. It looks like you know um, we had like twenty-seven thousand y'all watching re- uh, last night on After Hours, and we had like sixteen or seventeen thousand you guys watching the Logan Paul podcast yesterday. So looks like we're back. We just need to get Fed Reacts back, guys. Please like the video, man. Get it up to follow one thousand plus. Reacts. I see that we're still at only eight hundred sixty-seven. I didn't want to stop the show too many times for the likes, but do me that solid, Angie. You got anything for the people?
1: Yeah, follow Fed re- at Fed Reacts on Instagram. We'll post it more actively there, and yeah, keep up the Stay tuned, guys, and keep up the, you know, stay active there, voting, and posting your, your cases.
0: And like, the, you know, follow the channel, the, sorry, follow the Instagram guys and engage with us so we can grow it. Uh, Angie's yeah. working really hard behind the scenes, yeah. managing that Instagram, posting reels. She's doing them all herself, by the way. Yeah. She's editing them all herself, so Most she's of, learning.
1: Some of them, yeah. I'm learning how to edit videos and yeah. shit.
0: <laughs> so. Uh, it's a lot
1: of work. So, yeah. All
0: right. Love you guys, man. I'll catch you guys. Let me make sure I didn't get any other chats that came through. Okay. Nope. All right, we'll catch see you guys tomorrow for Fresh to Fit. Peace. We'll catch you guys on the next one, man. Like the video. A special agent with Homeland Security Investigations. Okay, guys, HSI. This is what Fed Reacts covers. Defender Jeffrey Williams and Associate YSL did commit the felony. So here's what 6 9 acts.